In 2004, in Sonoma, California, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is in a road race in a Corvette. He unexpectedly crashes and his car catches on fire. The video shows him hopping out of the car as it burst into flames. But Dale has a different story. You're listening to the <laughs> Mysterious Bruise Podcast. <laughs> and the jackass you hear in the background is the coach. No, you, you can't do that. That's your intro. The intro is ominous. I got to do the other intro. I got to do your intro. <laughs> I got to call you a jackass. Fuck ass. All right. Ready? Take two. I can just cut Welcome. what I see. Yeah. No, don't cut it. We're not cutting shit. <laughs> it's like two in the morning. We're fucking drunk as shit. We're talking. Welcome. We <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> Welcome to a deep, dark, dank basement. Moist. Oh, yeah. I forgot moist. I fucked it up. In the hottest fucking state in the union. <laughs> It was 101 two days ago. Oh, my God. It's so hot. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) This is why we don't fucking swap roles. Yeah. You're listening to the uh, second annual... Mini-sode. Mini-sode. Mini-brews. Mysterious Brews Podcast. Mini-brews, as we like to call them. And we're talking about a very weird little case. There's not much information on it. That's why it's a mini episode, but... And these are uncensored, boys and girls. Y'all get all of our glory. Well, uncensored, I mean, we say fuck pretty consistently. Well, no, I mean uncensored, as in we're not cutting shit. Oh, no, we don't, we're not. Editing this, any of this. You get all of it. But, yeah, this is a weird case, man. When someone swears that they were pulled out of a car, when there is video evidence undeniably recounting what they've said it's it's worth a it's worth a gander so and we will post a link to the actual video of the crash and i will say the first time i watched it it appears i mean he shoots out of that shoots car shoots his man. ass up on the edge of that door he shoots out and of then that they car, get him out man. of there but again if i'm on fire <laughs> yeah I'm probably going to shoot out of that car myself, you know. But, maybe it is just me, but in my hope of hopes for the actual factual paranormal, it really looks like he was jerked out of that car by an unseen entity. There's that's an ju- on- that is my opinion. Yeah, I, I would agree with you because there's an onboard camera showing him kind of... L- leaning over the steering wheel and the the interior catches fire and then they pan back to a shot of the whole car and it appears that he just hops his all of a sudden he's in the car it's like catching on fire and then all of a sudden his ass is sitting on the door and then they pull him from it and get him on a stretcher he i mean he really comes out of that car quickly he uh is stated in a people magazine article 
saying, I do believe in paranoia activity. Paranoia. And then, yeah. And then he starts <laughs> laughing and says, I mean paranormal. Oh, okay. Okay. I, here I thought it was your mistake. My no, no, bad. no. It it's wasn't not me. <laughs> he says, and I quote, I do think that our personalities and our souls have so much, we're so much more than just blood vessels, bone, and muscle. Haunted places? Sure. He does not want it to be morbid or heavy or anything like that. And he, he doesn't want his fans to think that he is loony. But he says, on record, in People Magazine and other articles, when I wrecked in the Corvette in 2004 in Sonoma and it caught fire, somebody pulled me out of that car. Yeah, he says, I, I thought it was a corner worker because I felt somebody put their hands under my armpits and pull me out of the car. I did not get out. I don't have any, any memory of myself climbing out of that car. I remember sort of moving like in motion, like going to lean forward and try to climb out of the car. Then something grabbed me under the armpits and pulled me over the doors, over the door bars, and then let go of me. I fell to the ground, and there's pictures of me laying on the ground next to the car. I know that when I got to the hospital... I stated, who pulled me out of the car? I got to say thanks to this person. It was a physical person. But as video shows, there's nobody there. But he is actually going to take it a step forward and give credit to his father. And we all know, I mean, if you're listening in the South, there's no goddamn way. way. You don't know who you his daddy is. You don't know who his daddy is. Or you don't remember where you were at when his daddy lost his life. Oh, my God, dude, seriously. That I'm not a, a big race NASCAR fan, I don't like but it. I know where I was at. Where were you? Sitting in my wife and I had our first house mm -hmm. in the city. Mm-hmm. I was sitting in my recliner mm -hmm. watching the end of the race because I love to watch the end of the Daytona 500 because it's like, all bets are all fuck y'all, I'm going for it. And so when it happened, I remember thinking, damn, Dale crashed, and it didn't look that bad, and then... It really didn't. No, and then all of a sudden, it's hush-hush, I start getting phone calls, dude, are you watching the Daytona 500? I'm like, yeah, man. They're saying he's dead, but it didn't look that bad. It really did not look that bad. But he did not um, like to use the Hans device. Yeah. He didn't really like to tighten the harness as tight as it would go. So that was definitely a contributing factor of why it actually took his life. But when you look at it, I mean, there's probably 50 or more NASCAR wrecks that look way worse and people would get out and walk or away. Or people would get out and walk away. And he didn't hit it. If I remember correctly, I've not seen it in years. But if I remember correctly, he did not hit it head on. He hit it at an angle. He did. But it was enough. It was. But, you know, Dale would go, or Dale Jr. would go on to say. But, yeah. He's going to give his dad a little credit to, for him getting out of this car. Yeah, he states that I but, think oh, he wait, had wait, a lot wait, wait, to do wait, wait. I'm, so, I'm so sorry. No, you're not. We talked about where you were. Yeah, where was you? Where was I? Dear this be God. Good. I was wrestling in college in Lebanon, Tennessee. 
Lebanon. Lebanon. It's Lebanon as it's spelled, but when you go up there, it's Lebanon. And I was at a bar called the Thirsty Turtle. You at a bar? I at can't a, me at a bar, it. yeah. In college? No. Yeah. Coach, say there's say there's something else going on. And were you drunk in public? It was nickel pitcher. Oh shit. Nickel pitcher. You paid your ten dollar entry fee and you got a pitcher of Bud Light for a nickel. So my liver you, would have been crying. Yeah, as you can imagine, my liver was hurting. And that's not when he died, it's the night he died. I heard about it. Well, let me tell you, brother, this redneck bar in Lebanon, Tennessee, Lebanon. somebody played Freebird. Oh, hell. And every motherfucker in that building, including myself, because... Was there lighters in the air? L- no, there was not lighters in the air. Was there three fingers in the air? Every motherfucker in this bar threw up three fingers and just waved them in the air. I did it. I did it. It was emotional, man. I, I don't even know. I can't remember, but I would bet that I shed a tear. I don't, I have never watched a NASCAR race in my life. But Dale Earnhardt was an American institution. Yeah, and what's funny about him and Gordon, I watched, I don't know if it's a 30 for 30 or, there's a, there's a, a documentary out there where they interview Gordon about his relationship with Dale and he said that, you know, it was really, two generations against each other and he said and then they interviewed Dale Jr. and Dale Jr. even states he said that uh, if they had video footage of Gordon picking up a Pepsi then the entire Earnhardt Jr. family would drink Coke. <laughs> he said it was tit for tat everything off, totally opposite fan base everything. Everybody hates Jeff Gordon man. Now, back to the junior episode here. He says in the 60 Minutes interview, I think he had a lot to do with getting me out of that car, referencing his dad. Absolutely, I don't know how else to put it. I don't want to put some weird psycho twist on it, like he was pulling me out or anything, but he had a lot to do with getting me out of that car. From the movement I made to unbuckle my belt to laying on the stretcher, I have no idea what happened. How I got out. I don't have an explanation for it other than when I got into the infield care center, I had my PR man by the collar screaming at him, find the guy that pulled me out of the car. He was like, dude, nobody helped you out of there. And I told him, that's strange because I swear somebody had me underneath my arms and was carrying me out of that car. I mean, I swear to God. And he says, it freaks me out to this day just talking about it. It gives me chills. And I mean, just just watch the video, man. It's jacked up. It it looks like someone like they show the inboard camera, and then they show the the pulled out view, and it literally looks like all of a sudden he is in the car, 
it doesn't show his hands reaching up on the the roof of the car. He's just automatically sitting on the door. I mean, the best way to describe me and my opinions of things is a skeptical optimist. I'm not saying it's probable, but it's highly likely. I want things to be true, but I'll be the first one to call bullshit when I see shit that I, I don't believe. If it's CGI or if it's this or it's that, I'll be like, that's bullshit. Next. But to me, when I watch this video, it looks like somebody pulls him out of this car. Yes, it does. I mean, it's it's extremely odd. And for him not to have any recollection from the moment he impacted the barrier to him laying on the stretcher is... Well, I mean, he does. He says he feels somebody pick him up. It's extremely odd. You know, if you reference our Justin Gaines episode, I've stated in that episode that I do believe that there are psychics that have something going on with them. I believe in the paranormal. I've got my crazy mother stating some paranormal activity when she was uh, much younger. Wait, 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 wait. I need to hear about this. So my mom states that when her and my dad were first married, her grandfather passed away. And they could not find his will. And one night, she was asleep. She woke up extremely thirsty and sat up in bed. And as she sat up, she saw him in the doorway of their bedroom Oh, wow. And heard him say, called her by name, it's going to be okay. Tell them to look here and gave a specific location. And she said that, she said, okay, Papa. And she said, I wasn't thirsty anymore. And I laid back down and went to bed and didn't think of anything about it until I woke up the next morning. And she said that it just kind of, hey, and picked up the phone, called her mother and said, hey, have y'all checked in? the location that he said and they were like no we've not looked there why would we why would he put it there and she was like i don't know just something tells me that you need to look there sure enough that's where the wheel was at oh wow yeah that's amazing it is it's crazy and every time she tells the story she gets chill bumps and she'll rub her arms it, it's it's not funny but it is as when a kid she ru- when she rubs her arms that's clearly a sign of anxiety but it's it's like it's a thing where every time... She's trying to soothe herself. Yeah. She's, you know, she wants people to understand. As a know. person that suffers through anxiety, so it was I a, can recognize yeah. that she's trying to soothe herself. So it was... That's the only paranormal experience I have, personally, is just through my mother. But anyway, getting back to the old Dale Jr. case, you can't convince me otherwise right now. When you pull yourself out of a race car like that, he you put your hands outside and leverage yeah, yourself up. Yeah, and he's did. just automatically, he's on fire. All of a sudden, he's sitting on the root, the I, door. That, I agree. I, I have watched that video at least 20 times. And to me, it looks like he's pulled out. I'm not saying... That he, it's not possible that he pulled himself out. 
I, I don't concede to anything. But to me, personally, it looks like he's pulled out. And there's nobody there. And he is not concussed. He is not, after the wreck happens, he is not diagnosed with a concussion. So, he states someone pulled him out of that car. And he knows, he absolutely knows what that's going to sound like. To Sports Illustrated, where I got the original article. He's going to know what that sounds like to USA Today. He's going to know what that sounds like to every person that hears him tell it. But he's still willing to tell it. So many me has just stated that we would have had our own paranormal experience if the coach had not pushed out and went to the crematorium. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, though that has nothing to do with this case. Ah, I love it. But I ain't the only motherfucker that I ain't the only motherfucker that pushed out on that shit. I'll tell you that. Right now. I ain't the only motherfucker that wasn't willing to go there. I'll go. <laughs> no hell no, you done said you would. Let's go then. Fuck it. We're taking this bitch on the road. All right, we're going on the road. Lafayette Crematorium on tap. Let's do it. We just have to invest in a... Uh, Next fucking week. That's when. <laughs> we just have to invest in a portable recorder so that we can capture this as it happens. I got an iPhone. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, this is great. All right, so... With our mini brews, we we cut to the chase. Final thoughts, theories. I will not go as far as to say it was his dad, but I will say he has a guardian angel. Not only did no, he survive uh, no, this, no. he actually survived the fucking plane crash this year. I'm going to say it's his daddy, man. I really am. You will go out I, there. I'm going to. I'm going to say it. It's just because you raised three fingers in the bar. Yeah, that's that's why. But on August fifteenth, in Elizabeth Elizabethton, Tennessee, this guy survives a plane crash. His wife, his kids, his dog, everyone survives a plane crash. A plane crash. If you, gonna, I mean. Not only has he survived a fiery car crash. A small prop plane. Which if you look into, which I am terrified of flying, it scares the ever-loving shit out of me. You and my wife. So I look up plane deaths per year. Why do you do that? To reassure myself. So that you can reassure yourself that driving in a car is much worse. No, I reassure myself that commercial planes... Do not contribute to plane deaths. They don't. Several years... Yeah, it's terrible. That beer is terrible. We're not even going to mention it by name. It's awful, but we're suffering through it. But... Commercial airlines... Commercial airlines do not contribute to the death toll. There have been several years... Several years where uh, commercial airlines do not have not contributed to the death toll. 
But we're not talking about commercial airlines. We're talking about prop plane. Pri private jets. And that's what he's in. And the uh, the landing gear fails. And it crashes. Bursts into flames. Everyone on that motherfucker. Lives. Somebody looking out for him. Oh yeah. And if it ain't. it, there No. There ain't no better guardian angel. Than the man, the myth, the legend. Of Dale Earnhardt Sr. I'm. I'm. What's going on? He says, but he did just put his hands on the windowsill and hopped out. Motherfucker, he did not. No, he did not. His goddamn hands not. are on his ass cheeks yeah, right next to his not. hips. You got your motherfucking mind. You lost your goddamn mind. For the many episodes, we don't have an official beer for the episode. But I will say this. By the grace of God, I was able to procure two different flavors other than the Homestyle IPA from Bearded Iris. You made an entire trip to Chattanooga. Just to get it. That is a trip. And, I will say, Bearded Iris Offbeat Double IPA is... It's probably one of the best double IPAs I've ever had. Damn near golden. I'm not a, I love, like, when I, when I talk about beer, my favorite style of beer by a wide margin is IPA. But at the same token, if you don't know about IPA, it's called India Pale Ale. And what, what happened was when the British occupied India, they would ship beer over there and it would spoil before it got there. So, somewhere along the lines, they realized that if they put more hops in it, it preserved it longer, and it was able to get over there. And the, re the result was that beer would arrive in India, but it would be much more bitter than normal. And people loved it. They loved the bitterness of it. So, more hops equals more bitter. So, the style became known as India Paleo. And the double IPA, Offbeat by Bearded Iris. The double IPA. Is once you amazing. get into double, you're increasing the amount of alcohol, you're increasing the amount of hops, you're increasing everything. And it just gets to be too much. It, to, for my palate, it get, a double IPA or an Imperial IPA gets to be well above my my tolerance of bitter. However, that was pretty smooth. Bearded Iris, man. That's a goddamn good brewery, <laughs> yeah, man. It is. They do a fantastic job. We are both trying. We're tagging them and everything. We're mentioning them. We're doing everything we can to get these people to sponsor us. And the only thing we want Free beer. It's free beer. Because... I'll even pay the shipping. It's amazing, man. It's really good, dude. It really is good. If you live in or around Nashville and you have not tried Bearded Irish, you're a damn idiot. Yeah. I don't I don't get smitten with beers very often, man. There was a long time when I fell in love with Terrapin's India Brown Ale. But they stopped making it. And there was a there was a point where I got really in love with uh, the founders, one of our beers of 
our our spotlight beers was Founders All Day IPA. I really loved that because it was low alcohol and it came in a 15 pack. I could drink all 15 and still be okay. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, I it's rare that I fall in love with a beer like I fall fell in love with beer diaries. I have Bearded Iris, and the other one is Jekyll Brewing, 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 Pony Ride Pale Ale, and they don't make it anymore. And it was amazing. Really? They don't make it anymore? No. Uh, I do like their Southern Juice. It is pretty good. But again, we've talked on other podcasts about Jekyll doesn't make a bad beer so far. No, so far. But anyway, all right, so... Closing thoughts, concerns, questions about Dale Jr.'s fiery car crash? It is very much paranormal, I believe. And if I'm going to put my chips in on paranormal, I'm going to believe it's his dad. Well, It's I, his dad looking over him, man. I would, too. I know he has retired from NASCAR, and he is an accomplished racer. He's won the Daytona 500 twice which is an accomplishment in itself. But I think, like Tiger Woods' dad had stated about Tiger, he's going to do things outside of golf that's better than what he does inside of golf. I think Dell Jr. has an opportunity to do things outside of NASCAR, and I think that his dad or someone, a greater higher power, wants to see that come to fruition mm. so with that i don't have anything else you well i mean we didn't do any recommendations we recommend you look up the fiery car crash which we will post but also look up the 911 call of the plane crash and this was a mini episode brought to you by mini me and uh deuces and by the way you are a fucking monster <laughs>